This episode of Latitude, the travel photography podcast on the Improved Photography Network is brought to you by Udemy, the largest marketplace for online learning. Whether you're looking to learn something new or just sharpen your skills, Udemy has over 65,000 courses starting at just $11.99. Students around the world choose Udemy to discover new passions, expand their skills, and even change careers. Visit Udemy slash improve. That's U-D-E dot M-Y slash improve or download the Udemy app and learn anytime, anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, now boarding for Latitude, the travel photography podcast on the Improve Photography Network. And now your hosts, Brian McGuckin and Brent Bergherm. Welcome back to Latitude, the travel photography podcast. I'm your host, Brent Bergherm, and joining me again, Brian McGuckin. Welcome, Brian. Hey, so long. Farewell. Uh, Peter, saying goodbye. And what, what, what's that about? What are you doing? Well, this is my, my goodbye show. Um, you, you better fill us in. Oh, oh maybe I, sh- I probably should have told you, Brent. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, those of you that have been listening to Latitude for a while or uh, are, are familiar with my voice in any other way, uh, my first podcast was called Thoughts on Photography. And it's kind of where my heart for photography and for podcasts began. And so I'm actually going to return to that. So this is going to be my last episode of uh, having the honor of hosting with you, Brent, uh, of Latitude. And I'm going to be focusing on thoughts on photography. In one sense, that's awesome. In another sense, that kind of sucks. We're certainly going to uh, miss you here on Latitude. But... You know, Thoughts on Photography was actually the very first podcast I ever listened to. And so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not really getting choked up. I'm just getting over a cold. <laughs> no, no, you are. You are I'm getting choked. choked up, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's awesome that you're going to be able to bring that back. Thoughts on Photography was just, I could listen to that all the time. It was, it was definitely a good one. So I'm glad you're actually going to be able to bring that back. Thanks, thanks. Let me, let me take a minute and just kind of share a little bit about thoughts on photography. Absolutely. Because I yeah. know somebody, uh, hopefully all of you guys will jump over and download that podcast to listen to along with Latitude still going forward. But um, if you do jump over for a while, you're going to hear like a hundred plus episodes of some other guy's voice. And uh, his name's Paul and he used to be the host of thoughts on photography. And then uh, uh, not too long after that, Jim Harmer, from Improved Photography, purchased Thoughts on Photography. And right when uh, he was starting the idea of having these this network and these other podcasts, he asked if I would be interested in hosting one. And so I then took over for Thoughts on Photography. So that's kind of where I uh, got my got my boots wet. Is that the expression? No. Feet what, wet? What's the expression? Feet wet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't wear boots. So, yeah, my flip-flops. That's where I got there my go. flip-flops yeah. wet. And we'll we'll call it your flip-flops moistened. There you go. Oh, yeah. Well, some people don't <laughs> like that word. Just because you have sweaty feet. Anyway. <laughs> topic. I, don't, I don't have sweaty feet. <laughs> Anyways, there are a handful of episodes of Thoughts on Photography uh, that ended. I I think I stopped doing that maybe a couple years ago now. Yeah. Um, but it's always held a place in my heart for it. I, I loved the the opportunity to connect. Uh, so, okay, so let me just explain briefly. Uh, the focus of Thoughts on Photography, it's not about 
tips and tricks or how to take better portraits or landscapes or travel destinations. Uh, although, yes, I may mention those at times. Uh, it's not so much about the how of photography, but it's about the why. Um, it's inspired by where photography begins for us, which is the stories and Beautiful. how people are using photography in their lives all around the world. And if you listen to any of the previous episodes, uh, that, that first round kind of included some really cool things like rooftoppers, uh, where I interviewed a guy by the name of Daniel who uh, lived in, in uh, Hong Kong area. And those guys are just crazy. They climb to the top of these buildings and do these insane shots just uh, on the top of these skyscrapers. And it just, that was probably my favorite interview. You'll have to check that out. Uh, I spoke with uh, street photographers like uh, um, Andre Wagner. I interviewed uh, some, an NFL photographer, Jeff Lewis. Juan Pons was on a couple of times. We talked about wildlife photography and, uh, and then how to choose like workshops. Uh, I interviewed somebody about infrared photography, talked to somebody um, called the Rescued Film Project, which was really mm, cool. It was this yes. guy that was taking rolls of film or having people send him rolls of film that they didn't know what was on them. And he basically developed them um, and just has this really cool website and uh, project just going, developing those photos. So you have to listen to that one as well. And also had a chance to talk to some people who uh, use photography and some nonprofits. So it's just kind of, it's been a passion of mine, the stories, uh, you know, the tips and, and tricks for how to get shots isn't always my strength and what I love. I love the stories. I love seeing how photography is being used around the world by children, adults, people of all ages. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to return back to that. So I'm going to spend the next uh, month or two trying to uh, regroup. And, and I, I've got some interviews already set up right now that I'm excited about. So Sweet. yeah, so I, I, I'm looking forward to going back to that, but I will miss latitude and I will miss traveling with you. And I, I know you have graciously invited me back on whenever I want. Absolutely. A standing invitation, a hundred percent. And, um, you just let me know and we'll, we'll work you in. So that's, it's great that you're bringing that back, but you know, it's, um, it's good to have those something and focusing on those stories. So thanks for that. And, uh, so when that comes back, uh, folks, uh, we'll let you know here as well. And we'll, make sure that you know where to, to hunt him down when he's uh, got that all set up. Yes. So thank you. So, yep, that's again, that's going to be it's thoughts on photography. So check it out. OK, Brent, so let's jump on in. The first topic that we have to talk about, it's just you and I were having a conversation one time about just some of the crazy, insane, exciting things that we've done in order to get a shot. You bet. And and I, I started uh, sharing a little bit about it briefly, not not too long ago when I talked about my daughter came with me and we went to Norway, Sweden, Paris, and uh, Copenhagen. And the main reason why she came with me was to get the shot with me. And, <laughs> nice. And the shot that we wanted was not impossible to get to, but it definitely was a challenge. So I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast already, you've heard me talk about Trotunga or you've seen some crazy pictures of it. Uh, Trotunga stands for the troll's tongue, and it's basically like a rock formation that kind of sticks out, and you sort of see uh, it's a, a lake, but um, looks kind of like a fjord there in, in the background. And it's just 
it's amazing. And you've and seen it's it. hundreds of feet up in the air too, right? I mean, this isn't just, it's kind of only 50 feet in the air. This is way high. Right. Right. It is. It is. And from what I'm aware of, I'm only aware of one person that supposedly lost their life from it. Mm. So, you know, you've got to use some common sense. You've got to be careful sure. when you're doing things. And I don't know the situation and they haven't even fully explained uh, exactly what happened in that instance. Right. But it's kind of, it's intimidating. You look at the picture and you'll see there's a photo of me sitting at the edge with my, uh, one of my feet just kind of hanging over oh. and just looking at the picture kind of makes you catch your breath a little bit. Sure. But I guess the, the part that was so insane about it for me was the hike. It was round trip. It was an, an eight hour hike. Uh, basically, we, we spent four hours climbing up and it was a lot of leg work, a lot of kind of stair climbing there in the beginning on some rocks. But then it flattens out, but then you climb and then it flattens out. And we were there in October. It was the second week of October and it was snowing. And so the rocks were slippery. I fell probably seven times, mm. uh, which didn't feel comfortable. But, you know, you're on a mission and... It, we, we got up to the top and unfortunately, as we were getting to the top, the clouds were coming in more. So we weren't going to have the view that I've seen before from some other images, but just being up there was amazing. And the view, even though there were clouds and there was snow and, and rain coming down, it was amazing. And so it was a four hour sweaty hike to get up there. We sat there for a half hour. There were a few other people that were there as well with us, uh, meaning like they were there before us. Uh, there were four people before us and then two people right behind us. And we sat there for a half hour. I took some photos of the the strangers that were there because, you know, that's one of the great things about being a photographer. Right. You know, I've got the nice gear and I had it with me. And these people were doing, uh, using their point and shoots, which I'm sure got some decent shots. But um, uh, I volunteered, you know, to get a couple shots for the people. And I sent it to them and connected with them, which was great, you know, nice. photography. And again, that's part of the story, just the right. connections that can come from photography. You bet. That's so awesome. We, we hung up there, we hung up or hung up, hung out up there for about a half hour, uh, refueled, uh, you know, drink some water, had some, um, some cereal type bars and then had a three and a half hour hike back down. So eight hours to get, basically one shot. I mean, we got some other shots along the way, but that, that probably is one of the most exciting slash insane things that I've ever done to get nice. a shot. So not only did you, con did you convince your daughter to go there and spend the whole time with you in Europe just for that one shot, but also that hike and, and all that stuff. Oh, I didn't have to convince her at oh, all. Oh, okay. 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 No, 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 no. She actually, she saw the photo ahead of time of where I told her I wanted to hike to. Yeah. And she just was excited to leave the awesome. country and awesome. travel. She's got the travel bug in her too. Awesome. But uh, her mom, my wife said, Brian, she's not allowed out on that rock. <laughs> and I'm like, um, that's the whole purpose for the hike. <laughs> that's and right. I said, I won't let her sit on the edge, but I am going to let her go out. And she's like, if, if she falls off, I am, you know, and, she kind of went off on me from there, but uh, <laughs> right. it's, it, it's actually, you know, I, I'll give it away when you're up there. It's actually not as bad as you would think because sure. it's pretty wide. You just can't tell from that angle, but yeah. So my daughter was, was all for it. And 
totally, totally worth it. Awesome. But you've done you've done some crazy things. Yeah, back uh, a couple years ago, several years ago, when I was in Chile, we were staying with a group in a northern city called Iquique. That's fun to say. <laughs> and at the end of the trip, uh, it was a mission-related trip, and at the end of the trip, uh, I had heard about some of the other uh, organizers of the event before everything started. They had gone on this uh, paragliding trip, this paragliding experience. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And so uh, they helped us call the guy that operates it, and we were able to tell them uh, where to meet us and all that other good stuff. And it was kind of fun because I was very kind of adamant. I was like, I want you to meet me at, I think it was 10 a.m., I was saying. And I was like, and they're like, really? You know, da, da, da. and I was like, no, please meet us at 10. We'll be ready. We'll be there. We'll be ready at 10. And so I could tell on the phone, they're kind of like shrugging their shoulders, so to speak. So anyway, they picked us up at 10 the next day and they drove us up. And so the, the topography there of Iquique, you have the ocean, the uh, Pacific Ocean. You have about a mile and a half or so of relatively flat land. And then it just goes, shoots way up this, this mountainous range kind of idea. It's not like super huge mountains like the Rockies or anything. It's just it raises up about 1,500 feet or so, uh, maybe a little more up this almost a cliff, but not really. And so we got up there, and the winds were blowing out towards the ocean. And the guy tells me, he's like, it's like 1030 by the time we got up there. And, he, and I'm like, so I guess we can't go yet. He's like, no. And pretty much like clockwork, he was like, you know, give it 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And in 10 minutes the wind died down in another five minutes. It had totally shifted. It was now blowing in from the ocean. You know, this guy had just known his stuff. And so my insistence on saying, pick me up at 10 was basically useless because we ended up sitting there for a while, but he was gracious and he was nice enough about it. So I was with a friend as well. And so there are two of us. And, uh, what happened was we got strapped on to these guys. And so we had the pilot behind us. And so they're, uh, controlling the the paraglide the parachute basically and we just got it raised up and as soon as the feet leave the ground you know you kind of just shove yourself back into a sitting position and then you're just along for the ride oh my goodness it was so peaceful exciting all those things it was just wonderful and so we're going down towards the town of course the wind is coming up the hill now and we just have a fantastic time gliding along the ridge and then after a few minutes you start going over town when it came time to land, we flew by very close, as far as you know, my comfort level was concerned, uh, to some apartment buildings. And so I'm just photographing that along the whole way down. And then uh, I landed. You're, you're, you're shooting inside the apartments as uh, you're going down? You're, I, you're I, seeing I, people and waving to them, hi, smile. I, almost, yeah. I kind of had, I had my 24 to 105 lens on, so I couldn't really zoom in. Uh, but we were close enough. I mean, within 50 feet, uh, I would say. And so we could easily, if their curtains were open, we could easily have seen them. <laughs> and so uh, we then took a 180 turn and went out onto the beach and landed. And so I landed first, and then I got uh, my friend uh, landing as well uh, when, when he landed. That was just some of the most fun I've ever had. It was about a half an hour total. It cost $50. I just, you know, that's like my happy place to, hey, okay, think, to think about. It's just it cost, awesome. It cost $50? $50. For a half hour? For about a half an hour of that, yeah. Well, that's totally worth it. Oh, that's totally. Awesome. Absolutely. And that was everything. You know, he picked us up, drove us up there, waited for a little bit. And then when we uh, got back down, I think they even took us back to where they picked us up. I had them pick us up 
uh, a hostel, even though we weren't staying there. That I, I figured they'll know where that is when we just say pick us up at such and such a place. And so uh, if I remember right, they even dropped us off at the hostel again. And so that was all right. That That's a huge memory uh, for me. And I'm just, I'll, I think I'll throw a, a picture or two in the Facebook group because that's just, it's too fun not to share. It's really cool. Now, what were you mainly shooting or capturing? Like what, what, well, let me reword that. Yeah. Before you took the jump, what were you envisioning? Sure. And then how did that compare to what you actually got by the time you landed? What I was envisioning, I guess there's a, a huge mystery uh, question mark there too, because it was, uh, I was almost like, I don't even know what I can, what I can do. However, I knew the, I knew the uh, coast was very long and narrow and, you know, Chile itself is a very long, narrow country, but the coastal region here is very long and narrow because uh, the, the spread of the town is at least, I don't know, five or six miles long of the, of the main core of town by about a mile and a half wide at the most, uh, at, the, at the widest portion. I was able to actually shoot across and get a couple of panoramas of the entire coastline of the city uh, with those waves crashing in and, and the kind of like, like that. What I didn't expect... Uh, to get was on the way uh, from the big mountain that we launched from. And before we got to the, over the city, there were these sand dunes that were just awesome shapes and very strong graphic forms and shadows and everything. Even though we were effectively flying almost in the middle of the day, uh, I was still able to capture a few really nice shots with just the shapes of the sand dunes and the, the undulating forms and whatnot. And that I did not expect. It was absolutely a good surprise and very beautiful. Now, what was the most challenging aspect of, of trying to shoot while you were up in this thing? Like, is it pretty smooth? Like, were you yeah. concerned about the shake or? It was very smooth and the pilot was very good at, you know, very subtle adjustments. Probably three things I was most concerned about. When we first launched, I took a look straight up and those cords that connect to the parachute, they're extremely thin. They're like half the diameter of a pencil. Or, or less. And wow. there's about 24 of them. I'm looking at them all like, uh, okay, that's about 24. You know, I was <laughs> like, okay, he weighs about 250. I'm about 200. So that's, you know, 450 plus our gear because we had the harness and all that stuff. So that's 500 pounds that we're dealing with here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you, know. Wow. But, you know, after the first five seconds, it was like, okay, this is bliss. This is awesome. The second one, the, the second idea uh, was safety of the equipment. Uh, so what I had done was I have uh, an Optech uh, camera strap. I ended up wrapping that around my, you know, I put it around my head and then I put the harness on over that so that it was stuck underneath the harness. So that item in and of itself was really strong. It, it wasn't coming off. Even if I were to have, you're not going to flip upside down, but even if I did, it would not have come off my neck. And then when we landed, more safety of the gear, I just had to make sure that we didn't topple over or anything like that and that it didn't bang up and hit me in the face or anything like that. I basically put it down and held it down for landing, held it, you know, really tight against my body for landing. Mm -hmm. And then um, the last thing was just whether to get my feet in the shot or not. So I got several shots with my feet dangling out there. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere and then other shots where it's just, you know, it's like you're in a drone or something like that, but obviously not a drone, but right. n nothing in the foreground immediately to, to get in the way. Speaking of getting in the way, 
I'm going to bring up something that you're not aware of. Okay. Did uh did those gold coins in between your fingers, in between your knuckles, did those get in the way? The gold coins in between my knuckles. Yeah. Or the or the cotton candy. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so I I googled your name. Yes. And the trip and uh, EricaAshley.com. Eric Ashley. Uh, Ash Films. Yep. Oh, Eric <laughs> Ashley. Oh he, yeah, Eric Ashley. He's the fellow I went with. Yep. Okay. Well, and there's pictures of you. There's pictures of you holding cotton candy that it says Brent posing with his recently purchased cotton candy, which he taunted me with since I was sick and couldn't eat any sugary items. And then there's a picture of Brent posing with his, oh, his pesos during the bus ride in Chile. <laughs> yep. And, and you know what? You know what I love about these? Oh, this is awesome. I'm so glad I did this. Uh, <laughs> I see, like, you've got the hat. Yes. <laughs> you have the hat on. It says, Brent, relaxing. And it's a picture of you sitting there. Okay. With your hat, and there's you and your hat again. And I love this. Get, you, need to, you need to give listeners the, the web address so they can look this up and they can laugh as well. Oh, yeah, totally. So uh, it's ericashley.com slash blog slash tag slash Santiago. And what I, I'll actually, all I did is I Beautiful. just typed in Brent Bergheim paragliding in Chile. Okay. And then clicked images and scrolled through and saw an image of you with your pesos. Yeah. And, and it's a uh, Ash Films is the name it, of the it, photography. It, so that's awesome. Thing. Yes. That's, that's so fun to see. And I think there's, there's a picture of legs. So, um, yeah, that would and, probably and be his legs. Those look like your legs. <laughs> with uh, the khaki pants and your boots. And... Yes, I now see the coins in the knuckles. Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're talking about. And typically uh, that's a different hat. It's the same style, but my current hat has a blue band on it, not the, uh, the neutral color band like that one has. Okay. Oh, you know what? Actually, now that there's some other guy in this picture as well. Yeah, his, his name is Tom Paul. He's a okay. friend of mine and as so well. He, those are the shoes and the legs of somebody else. Yeah. How entertaining. Awesome. If you're just sitting here listening to us talk, like you you can't <laughs> fully enjoy this. If you're at a computer, you've got to look up these pictures as Absolutely. Uh, as oh, I share. When you get way down to the bottom, extreme bottom of that post, you'll see me sporting my lovely leg and my extremely swollen ankle. My first two days in the country, I was in bed because I went I fired down the stairway, which incidentally is the picture just above it, uh, to meet my friend who just came out of customs. And on the last step, I misjudged and I almost broke my ankle. And so I, uh, yeah, had a bad time with that. But anyway. Let me see. I don't. On that oh, same yeah. blog post, okay. scroll way to the end of the bottom. Yep, yep, yep. I had clicked off that since then, but I see it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Got a little, uh, oh, little fat, in fat ankle there. That was so painful. <laughs> Thankfully, nice. it wasn't broken, though. Right. So right. good. Good for so, that. So yeah. So okay. That is. Uh, I guess that's a good crazy story, for. Um, oh yeah. For your travels to get the shot. And then one last or, idea to to kind of, segue into another crazy idea, if I may. I have some pigeon shots, where the pigeons are like flying away frantically, and I did this both in India and in Chile. Although in Chile, I had these guys to help me out with. But, you know, sometimes when you're in a city, pigeons, they don't like to uh, just fly away because they're so used to humans and they think you're going to feed them and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I get down there and I'm like, man, I want you to fly. And um, 
it's very difficult to get them to fly. So in in India, what I did, I was at a place called Albert Hall, and I jumped out of the van that I was riding in, and so I crouched down, I framed them up in front of the in front of the hall, and then I just stood up really quickly, and I just bolted like I was running like a football lineman or whatever. <laughs> Uh, linebacker and so ran at the top speed as I could uh, towards the the pigeons hopefully they'll move out of the way and I won't trample any and that's what happened so I didn't kill any uh, and then instantly as they're flying crouch back down again cameras on motor drive and just fire off about five to ten shots and then there was enough pigeons I could do that two or three times uh, in Chile there was a, a fountain I did that in front of but I had a friend do the running and so I could just lay there and you know, have the benefit of the, the pigeons up flying. And so that shot works really well when you have a nice wide angle lens, you have some kind of element that's really strong in the background. In this case, in India, it was a museum. In Chile, it was a fountain. And then the birds become the action for the scene. And it, it becomes quite the interesting uh, composition sometimes. You know, I think I think something that listeners should do <laughs> I'm so glad I did this. Is <laughs> let's just all stalk uh, uh, Brent. So I, I typed in Brent Bergherm oh, pigeons. No. I typed in pigeons with it. Nice. And I, and I see that some of the shots that you mentioned. And yes. as I'm scrolling through, again, it's still back to Eric Ashley's post. Uh, there's you laying down. And then you're holding something in your hand. And there's like a swan, like a, it's probably not a swan. Well, it's like a white swan with a black neck and head. Yeah. And and there you are. You're like trying to take a picture of it. But what's in your hand? Like bird feed or something? Yeah, it's probably the bird feed. Um, okay. I'm trying to find that post that you're on. Uh, because yeah, that we were at a, a Japanese garden or something along those lines. Right. And yeah, yeah. and so they had some fish and other things going on there. And so yeah, we were just trying to get some images. So I'm scrolling way down the thing here. Yes, I found it finally. Had my flash going so I could lighten up the the birds. But yeah, we had, we had bought some some feed, and so I'm just shaking it out of the bag, and so that that they'll come close, and so the fishes came close, the the swans came close. It was nice. Yeah, good experience. Yeah, and thank you to my friend Eric Ashley for uh, lending his blog to this uh, to this episode. Yes, and I apologize <laughs> for saying Erica. Yes, was, it's definitely Eric. I was Eric. reading it wrong. Let us thank our sponsor, and we'll be right back in a few moments. This episode is brought to you by WeTransfer.com. 40 million people use WeTransfer to send and receive large files every month. And one thing I'd like to personally put in here is to say it actually is quite easy to use. When I first received the email that someone sent to me about a big video file that they were sending, it was just really easy to download, unlike the competitors. Since day one, they've devoted 30% of their ad space to showcasing creative people from around the world. From musicians to photographers, illustrators, robotic textile creators, and podcasters like us. So in that spirit, we're skipping the rest of the 60-second ad and getting right back to the podcast. WeTransfer.com. You make. We transfer. Hey, we're back, and just a quick item to uh, make a mention about before Brian tells us about his next topic, and that is uh, just have some workshops on my site. If you go to BrentBergherm.com and you look at the Travel With Me section, I've got uh, Ireland and Croatia. I'm also going to be throwing up a page. Uh, I won't be throwing up. I'll be tossing a page up there on the site about uh, some private workshops. So if that's an interest to you, whether you want to come to the Northwest or do something anywhere else, uh, I'll be posting some information for that. So take a look there. 
Very and, good. And Brian, you recently went to the Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, I'm a teacher as well, if people are not aware of that. I teach sixth grade social studies, which is part of my passion for uh, history and for traveling to historical sites and all. And to me, one of my favorite cities, honestly, in the whole world is Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, when I went to Europe and I was, you know, at the Coliseum and you look at the dates of things and you're like, whoa, you know, that's real history compared to what we have here in the United States. But you bet. I love our history still. And to me, Washington, D.C. is just a cool place to capture that. I am a big fan of all the different memorials and the monuments that are there. And I just really enjoy being there, which over spring break, unfortunately, so does everybody else. Right. (laughs) It's a popular site that we've all been to. I'm sure, Brent, how many times have you gone? Oh, at least three, maybe four. For photography, just twice. Okay. It's a a great city. And I've had uh, some work I've done with Expedia where I had to shoot some cities kind of around it before. And when I went that time to shoot the cities around it, uh, my daughter came with me. This was a few years ago. And it was just her and I. And she is kind of my travel buddy. She's great to travel with. And I just love to do that and bring her with because it's just a good bonding experience for us. Mm -hmm. But uh, so we had a great trip that time. I could take as many photos as I wanted whenever I wanted. And she just went along for the ride. It was great. Well, this trip was different. We had a full week off for our break. And the goal of the trip really was not about photography, although internally, you know, it it was, you know, (laughs) when you're traveling with your family, it's kind of like, uh, how am I going to do this? So my daughter was going to do a college visit. And so we decided, well, let's bring the whole family with. I have a friend who lives outside the DC area. So we could take my daughter, drop her off. She can spend the days she needs to at that college, uh, for that program they had for the weekend. And we'll hang out with my friends. And so we did that and it was great and it was a good trip and everything. But when it came to our time in Washington, DC, we had basically six hours, Mm. I guess. And the focus was not, and I was reminded of this many times <laughs> uh, by my family and my wife in a very loving and respectful way, that the focus wasn't about the pictures. It was about the time together as a family yes. and, mm-hmm. and doing what the kids wanted. So I've got three boys. So my wife took the younger two boys and they we dropped them off at the zoo. And my older son and I, we went to the Holocaust Museum, mm. which is one of the most amazing museums in DC and, and all the world, in my opinion. Um, it's just an awesome, hard experience. So anyways, we went to DC and did a whole lot of walking. I used something that I haven't before, uh, to try to help me with the parking and it's an app called spot hero. Have you heard of that? I actually haven't. Okay. So it's a spot hero, which allows you to kind of find some parking garages that have Uh, open spots. Nice. And yeah, so it was good. And I kind of mapped out a little bit of where I needed to be in and wanted to be in. So I was able to use that to find a parking garage that was close to where I was going to eventually meet my wife and and younger two boys. Mm -hmm. So my son and I would go to the Holocaust Museum, spend a little bit of time there. And then we went to meet uh, my 
wife and, and boys at the, uh, the, this new museum. It's a Bible museum. That's brand new. Cool. So we had to walk. So where we parked was basically a mile walk to, uh, the Holocaust museum. And then we had to walk a mile back to the Bible museum. Cause we parked near that. Cause that's where my wife was going to meet us. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, we decided to leave the van there and walk to where I wanted to do my pictures. Well, my main focus was on the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial because I'm a big fan of, of Abe Lincoln and I just I love I love that spot. Mm-hmm. So that meant that we had a mile and a half walk <laughs> because we had to go back past the Holocaust Museum basically to the basin area and uh, that whole spot, the Thomas Jefferson Memorial there. And of course, over spring break, everybody in the whole world, except for maybe a few random people, comes there to visit to see the cherry blossoms. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, it's, you know, it was beautiful. But there were a lot of people there. And I've done uh, pictures there. So my, my goal wasn't to get pictures of the cherry blossoms. I don't even think I took one photo other than with my, my phone, which I know somebody else is like, how do you not take pictures of the cherry blossoms? They're so beautiful. Yeah, which they well, are, but they are, but that's a subject you really need to be able to concentrate on too. I think to get a nice original shot, or at least you feel it's original enough anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And at this time of day, it was getting late. And yeah. so it was starting to get a little bit darker and it was really, really windy. And so yeah. the branches are blowing around like crazy. So you got to have a fast shutter speed to capture that. And I'm just like, eh, I'm not even going to try or, or work with the wind, but then you need a tripod. And you know, like you said, your focus is not shooting photos your focus is some family time so right you know it takes right. time and, to do that though and right and i and my wife said she's like you can take some pictures here if you want i'm like no no you know i, <laughs> I love it <laughs> because i my, to me the goal again was i wanted to get to the lincoln memorial yeah and and i wanted to try to be there in somewhat of a blue hour sure and the, you know that's the one thing when you're doing travel photography when you have a limited time scheduled in a location and you can't control the weather, you got to do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And I love getting some different pictures of the uh, Washington Monument, you know, with a, a blue sky and great clouds, but that didn't exist this time. So I surrender that to just try to get some night shots of it. And in between the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial, there's a, the reflection pool. And if you're standing over on the Lincoln side, you can get a really cool nighttime shot of the Washington Monument reflected in the water, which is on my Facebook page or oh, yeah. it will be. Cool. Um, so that's a great spot. But there just were so many people at the Lincoln Memorial that it was hard to get much good. And I, I climbed up there and I figured, well, if I can't get anything really wide because there's thousands of people on the steps and all over, I figured I'll just go up and, and get some shots up close. And I did. And I set up my tripod and I'm I'm surprised with that. Nobody, nobody told me I couldn't use my tripod there. Mm. There's a lot of people around and a security guard. I walked right in front of him and he kind of gave me, you know, the hello nod type thing as we're walking. And, yeah. and I had my tripod already extended, you know, so it's yeah. like six and a half feet tall with my camera on it. And I'm like, Hey, you know, pretty big and set it up and I got some shots, but honestly, I, I had those shots from the last time that I was there. And I just, I feel that I'm disappointed in myself. Sure. And that's why I wanted to talk about this on this episode, because I think people need to hear that, that, 
you know, the reality is that stuff's going to happen and you're going to blow it at times and you're going to miss opportunities. And again, I have to remember that I didn't miss the opportunity with my family and I did right. focus on that and that was more important. And that's, that's what matters most to me, but I still want the shots. It, you know? it would have been great. Yeah. I hear you. So I, I posted, I don't remember. Oh, um, I had this really cool saddleback leather gave me this uh, awesome bag that I was using and testing out for a while. So I had that with me and posted a picture of me kind of, uh, with a bag looking at the Capitol building. Yeah, I saw that. And that's a sweet some, looking bag. It it is it is unbelievable. I'm actually I've got a review and the review is going to be uh, posted over on Improved Photography so you'll be able to All right. see that shortly, but it is an awesome bag. I just I love the smell of leather. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, anyways, I digress. So, I clicked on one of the hashtags I used and I saw these pictures of Washington DC and I'm like why did I not do that? Yeah. Why did I miss that? And there was some awesome shot of somebody walking in between some columns. And it may have been from the Lincoln. No, I don't think it was from the Lincoln Memorial. But and it was walking through some columns and it was a black and white one and the sun was shining on them. Uh. But yet the, the columns were dark. It's just, uh, there were so many pictures where I'm like, that's what I wanted. Right. That's what I should have got. But I was so stuck in the moment of getting, you know, the classic shot of, okay, I've got to get this one. Right. And I didn't go beyond that. And so I'm frustrated with myself that I blew that opportunity. And I can go back eventually, and I know I will someday. But I was taking shots that I already had, and I don't know what I was thinking with that. I've have you had that happen to you before? I so have had that happen. And that can be really frustrating for sure. I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, in DC itself, the problem I actually had when I went there the second time for shooting pictures was I just visited the same place again because it was such a huge magnet. It was the World War II monument. And that is such a beautiful monument. I absolutely love all the fountains and the things that are just going on there. And the light was just gorgeous. And the problem that I came out with was I got so focused again on that when I walked by it, I didn't get, you know, like what you're saying with, you know, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? I just got this tunnel vision for something I already had because I, I'm thinking, oh, I can do something new in it. And I did, but still it wasn't quote that new. You know, there's so many other monuments I could have gotten and could have spent some time on, whether it's the Korean War or Jefferson or any of those others. Uh, there's just so many other opportunities that I could have uh, explored and I should have because I already had some of the others. I would usually prefer to explore, but for some reason I just got sucked into all that water and all the beautiful fountains and the slow shutter speed, and it happened all over again the, the second time I was there. And then I ended up somewhat ignoring the friend that I was with. He, he lives in the area, and he's into photography, but not like as deep as I am. It would have been better for me to just kind of, you know, not get such a tunnel vision and focus so intently on the one thing. Uh, but to spread it around a little bit would have been nice. But yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I've been to other places too where it's just like, my images stink. <laughs> and I and I totally lost it. I totally, you know, I totally lost the opportunity. But it happens. I, it does. I think that's one thing that we need to be aware of when we travel is who we're traveling with and how well do they know us. Right. You know, because I could see, I, I have a friend who he's like, hey, next time you leave the country, 
let me know. I'm taking time off. I don't care where you go yeah. because you go to cool places. I just want to go with you. Yeah. And I think I need to be careful about that. Like, because a lot of people don't know us as photographers. They don't know how obsessed we are with getting the shot or they don't understand right. why we're going to take a hundred pictures from the same spot of the same thing, you know, because they don't know we're waiting for the light to change or right. a cloud. We're waiting for that one cloud up above to cover the sun, or we're waiting for the shadow of that one cloud up above to, you know, to block the monument, to add some mood or, or depth to it. Uh, and or I think that we've got to be careful about that because of the relationships with those people, you know, family, yeah. they, family, they already know that, yeah. you know, my yeah. children from the day they were born had a camera in their face and they're just like, Oh, you know, there's Papa being Papa. And yeah. But if you're traveling with friends who are not traveling for the purpose of photography, I think they need to understand, no, I'm serious when I'm saying I'm going to get up at five o'clock to get a shot or I'm going to be out, you know, all hours of the night because I want to see the stars. Or like when I was in Croatia, I took the 4.30 a.m. bus so I could get sunrise at my next destination. Now, it also happened to just be like, well, that's about the only bus that's available. Uh, <laughs> but I needed to keep on moving. And I was like, oh, well, that just means I can get sunrise here. How awesome is that? So it was nice to be able to wake up that early and get a move on. It just maximized my shooting time. Other people, especially my wife, I know if I were, if we were traveling together, there's absolutely no way she would wake up for the 4.30 bus. So we, you know, it's just like, if, if someone's saying, Hey, come with, let me go along with you. It's more like sign this contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need to know what you're getting into. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. So our dream destinations of the week, Brian, why don't you start us off? All right. So mine is, uh, down there in South Asia, the Maldives. Yes. And the reason why I chose the Maldives is because they've got this insane, uh, I, I think it's pronounced dinoflagellates or flagellates or something along those lines, which makes me think of other weird words and things. <laughs> but uh, it's basically these little, what is it? phytoplankton that give off electrical signals in the moonlight. That's like the official nice. um, explanation of it. But what it basically is, is these, this amazing, the ocean waves yeah. and it looks like there's stars in the water. Yeah. So and, when they get activated, they kind of glow. Right. When, when like right. the water is churning or take your oar through the water or something like that, they, they let off a little glow. Yeah. And they're like little dots. So it's almost like if you're there on a starry night, it's like you've got the stars up above and the, it looks like stars, like glowing stars, like a Milky Way spilled nice. out in the water. That would be awesome. And just unbelievable. And so that, that is on my dream destination. That would be awesome. I, I'm thinking there's also a beach on the eastern side of Puerto Rico that has that as well. I remember doing some research while I was going to go to Puerto Rico one time. And I, I think if I remember right, that's there. I don't know. Okay. We'll Good see. My dream destination is Manaus, M-A-N-A-U-S. So I pre mm -hmm. presume it's Manaus, Brazil. And that's where the Rio Negro and the Rio Amazon, so the Amazon River and the Black River, 
they come together and they call it the meeting of the waters. And for a couple of miles, you can see is still a distinction between the muddy waters of the Amazon and the less muddy waters of the, the Black River. And that just looks like a really would be a really cool place to visit. Uh, not only because it's like the gateway to the Amazon uh, forest and all that, but just for that transition of the waters. And there's actually a ferry that connects two locations across river that looks like you could take. And I'm like, I'd take that just a couple of times just so I could grab, mm-hmm. you know, a diff- couple different compositions as I cross the, cross the way there and see what we could do. So that's my dream destination of the week. Yeah. Uh, in class actually, because we teach, I teach a little bit about Brazil and I've always pronounced it Manaus. Okay. Um, but there's this, this, uh, you know, Rick Steves is the travel guru of oh, yeah. a lot of places in, in Europe. Well, there's this guy that makes these educational videos. His name is Jeff Corwin. And hmm. it's called the Jeff Corwin Experience. And I show it in class a lot. And he goes on the boat. And he's kind of cheesy. You know, it's great for sixth graders. Sure. But he'll take you on the boat and you see the two rivers. You see the black muddy part and then the light, you know, brown part. And you see how they're side by side yeah. for a while before they eventually mix in. Right. So it is. That's a that's a crazy, uh, crazy f- what phenomenon to sure to to witness. That's cool. That'd be cool. Okay, so Brent, how you know we've always liked to end each episode by saying goodbye. So what do you have for us? How do you say goodbye? And what language do you have? So I'm doing Portuguese, and it's very similar to Spanish, but it is spelled differently. And so hopefully I can get it right. Adeus is how it would come across. Very nice. Very nice. Well, listeners, again, I just, I thank you for this experience being with you and being able to co-host Brent. Thank you very much for uh, putting up with me. Oh man, it's been a great ride. I appreciate it. So I am going to leave Latitude by saying bon voyage. And I hope that you enjoy your journey and that someday we will run into each other along the way. And I would love it for you to Uh, Join me as well over at Thoughts on Photography. That's awesome. Sounds good. Bon voyage. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned.